Dude, you know you gotta come in with your, you gotta come in with your infamous intro, bro. Okay, so yeah, uh, whenever you're good, hit us with it. My wife left me. Hey everybody, look! It's Rev! Yay! It's the Going Off Podcast with the Rev Critic Reviews. Rev, how you do? I mean, you know, other than the, the, the thing you brought up, but, uh... Uh, he hasn't changed a bit. Yeah. Yeah, my, I mean, we have the same lawyer, so it's really awkward. I don't know how we're going to yeah. go through this divorce. <laughs> that, that wasn't the catchphrase <laughs> you were expecting, but... Oh, fuck. You're killing me. I, I honestly don't know if I can af- afford, uh, like, uh, to, to pay the rent after this. Um. Maybe, maybe you need to... You know, maybe we can turn off the recording things and you can, no, no. You can talk about this. Are you fucking you know, shitting as, me? As this friends. is gold. No, this is gold. I mean, I'm in a really dark place right now, actually. So. No, I think, <laughs> Muse, I think you're, we're currently profiting off of this man's pain. I mean, no, it's okay. I mean, it's indicative of the music industry in general. But, you know, I, I feel like if, for, for me to be directly doing it, I just feel really bad, you know? No, look, Bill never brings the fire like I'm hearing right now from from Rev. This is like this is like some this is like in the shit. best of. Bill doesn't call me anymore. I called him for help. I asked him for help, and he just blocked me. You know, <laughs> I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this, oh, this is actually an intervention. Uh, we're trying to get the, get the audience. I lost my job. Our poor friend Rev out. He's uh. <laughs> stop. Stop. The, the catchphrase isn't doing it like it used to. You know. <laughs> Well, it's okay. I don't know, man. I think it's as good as it's always been. Or if not better. Enough about me. Yeah, fuck you, Rev. Darren, how's your week been? <laughs> My week has been great, man. You know, I'm having a good time. You know, hanging out with friends and family. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, ignoring mm. Kanye West. It's been a good week. More like Kanye Breast. Oh, no. Oh, shit. Rev, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. <laughs> Rev beef! <laughs> Come with your best bars that was written by someone else. Get your boy Psy High the Prince cracking in the studio, Kanye. You got a diss track to make. I think uh, two weeks is enough on uh, on all Kanye. I think Dude, it's... I swear uh... to God, we're going to, like, as soon as we're done with this podcast, we're going to find out that he, like, ate a gerbil or some shit. Like, man. <laughs> this is going to be some weird neck shit we're going to find out. Our old boy, if you're an old, uh, an off-goer from the days of yore, from the olden days, we used to joke that every week we couldn't not talk about Gambino for some reason or another. <laughs> and here we are once again, uh, giving us a reason to ignore Kanye and look at him for a while. Now's the time to do it, honestly. You got Atlanta in full swing as uh, Lando in the new Solo movie, because you know all eyes on you. And yeah, no better time than the present. Man, is there anything we could even say about that shit that like hasn't already been said about the video? Look, man, I watched it the first time, and man, they really need some sort of warning at the beginning of the video to be like, hey, you guys about to see some shit, okay? When the shit just comes out of nowhere, when violence just comes out of nowhere, it's particularly striking. I understand that he was trying to, you know, hit on, you know, how random violence feels. My possible critique of it is that, like, violence isn't random. You know, like, the, the, that choir, I mean, uh, the church that was shot up, that wasn't just some guy who just randomly thought, hey, let me get a, you know, uh, AK-47 and shoot up. No, he had an agenda. Like, there was a person doing that. And so what I was thinking was that wouldn't this video be so much more powerful if, like, everyone's dancing around and having a good time and then just, like, 
every now and then, like, this white dude, like, skinhead dude just comes in and, like, shoots people, you know? And so it's like, like, have the exact same video happen, but it's just like, every time black people are trying to have a good time, it's just like, you see a cop come up, and then you see a skinhead come up, and then you see, like, someone that looks like, you know, an old Republican senator or something like that, or an NRA member, you know, comes up and shoots people, and it's just like, fuck, man! You know, but um, now some people were saying like, you know, black people are tired of seeing tragedy. You know, they're tired of seeing black failure. You know what I'm saying? Like, remember when we talked about the um, the Fat Lip mini movie a long time ago? Oh, God. And it was like Spike Jones directed it. And it's just like, hey, look at this rapper who used to be really popular. And now he's floundering. <laughs> I'm Spike Jones and I'm a millionaire. And I could help my friend here. But I'm just going to put, put the camera up his fucking face and watch him as he yells at strippers outside of a strip club. It's like, what the fuck is this? You know, so I think in the same way, people like probably look at this video and see like, wow, look at all this you know, black failure, black death, and they're just like, I'm tired of seeing this. I have to see it in the news. I have to see it on my Twitter feed. I'm tired of seeing it. But the thing is, I don't feel like these videos are for black people. They're for everyone else to see. This is the equivalent of MLK. You know, MLK didn't get shown beaten on the 6 o'clock news because black people needed to see it. No! He was beaten on the 6 o'clock news because white people needed to see it. And so, like, on one hand, I empathize, and it's like, yeah, it, it does feel... You know, over the top and unexpected. Yes, for a black audience to, to to have to deal once more with seeing black death. But at the same time, it's like, we do need people to see it. Because we went so long without showing people that. We went so long with trying the quote-unquote respectability politics. And let's not bring up the past so that we can, you know, uh, be nice to people and not make people feel bad. And we saw what happened. We saw the erasure of history because of that. Is it exclusively uh, pertaining to sort of like black culture and the black uh, experience or there's also sort of like political undertones like pertaining to gun violence that i sort of got from it it can be interpreted as you know because i mean we also can't forget yeah there is white on black violence but there also is black on black violence now that is perpetrated and that comes from white on black violence you know what i'm saying you won't you wouldn't have as much of that if it weren't for the self-hatred that has already been indoctrinated into you know black culture because of colonialism that's another way i kind of interpreted it as like well he is bringing death into the community because how many rappers have we heard before this you know, every song is, hey, I'm about to put that red dot on your head. I'm about to fuck you up. I'm about to shoot you. I'm about to fuck your bitch. I'm about to do all this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm about to do something that destroys your life. And I'm about to do something that shows that your life is, doesn't matter compared to mine. What I found interesting is that he apparently sampled a bunch of rappers' voices. Guys like Kodak Black, Young Thug. Dudes who make that type of music. You know? And so it's like, and you see Childish Gambino dancing and all these kids dancing. It's like, they're trying to dance through all of these hard times you know they're trying to survive through this this music this music is the representation of this struggle that you're seeing in the background you know what i'm saying it's like this is how we survive we have to celebrate we have to dance we have to turn it into we have to turn this pain into something else because if we don't we, we won't survive you know so that's the first way i saw it now the second way i saw it just in the wake of like I, and this is just my own personal interpretation celebrity culture right you know we had kanye west saying some dumb shit but 
people just went along with it. Like, if that was not Kanye West that said what he said, people would be all down his fucking throat. But you saw people come out of the woodwork to defend him. Here's the big entertainer. Aren't I so big and happy? And I can do something completely horrible. But it doesn't matter. You'll still like me in the next shot. You know what I'm saying? My personal interpretation is uh, neither one of uh, the ones that you just listed. For me, the the dancing is not uh, a coping mechanism uh, so much as like a smokescreen. Mm. You think it's a distraction? Exactly. I feel like, hey, you know, the, the school children represent the, you know, the Florida shooting and they're like, they're dancing. It's sort of, they're in the background, but I feel like everything is sort of, there's like, the, the scenes of violence are very brief. They're very poignant, but they're very brief. It happens and they're like, ah, look at this dancing. It's a distraction. It's a, a means of coping, not for like the community. I feel like it's a means of like coping in terms of not, not uh, acting on any moral obligation to get invested. I don't know. That's that I, I saw it as like, hey, here's this crazy thing that happens. And hey, now we're all dancing and everything's good. But if you look in the back, if you look in the back, there's always some shit happening. And yet at the front, it's all this dancing. And it feels like it's, it's trying to keep you distracted. It's trying to keep you away from everything in the back. What I would say is I do think the him lighting up a joint towards the end is just sort of to symbolize trying to escape it. Like when it becomes just too overwhelming, because as the music video progresses, it just gets like the, the the scenes of violence in the background and everything become a little more overwhelming. I, I think even the, the lyrics become more gun related and stuff. I do think it's like the black experience in the sense that gun violence and it's happening to these communities and how quick we are to sort of forget about it or want to forget about it, you know? People are so quick to be like, oh, Gambino, how dare you show the gun violence? Get it out of here. But it's like, whoa, no, it's always here. Don't get mad because I'm the one showing it to you. Let's do something about it instead of getting mad at me for showing it to you. Yeah, I think it's sort of like a caricature of of the, the cyclical nature of how we we sort of intake this kind of news. You know, we, we find out you wake up in the morning, you look. Uh, your Twitter feed or something, you're like, oh, okay, wow, another mass shooting has happened. Uh, and it's another sort of uh, hate crime uh, sort of inspired uh, thing. And um, I think we're all like, man, this fucked up. Uh, and then, oh, shit, this new music video is out. Or <laughs> right, you know, check, right. this, check this <laughs> meme right here, right? And then like yeah, a couple yeah. couple weeks later, like, man, that, that massive thing was just another, it's it's sort of become a ritual to our society to go like, oh shit, fuck. Like, I guess like if you looked at someone's Twitter feed, in a way they would look schizophrenic, right? Because yeah. at one side they're 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 retweeting like, oh look at the silly dog video. Then the absolute the the very next video is childhood obesity is higher than it's ever been. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but that's true. I'm trying to think about how my initial reactions to the video was. I mean, because first of all, I think because I wasn't expecting something to have, like, a strong message besides... I mean, I guess the, the title alone would kind of give you an indication that this is going to have some type of significance. Yeah, anytime the word America appears on a song, you're like, well, this is going to get political. Like, I remember as a kid, I came up with... I was like, man, you just throw America out of anything and people will think it's, like, super deep and political. So I came up with a song called... It was, like, Peach Fuzz on the Cheese of America or something like that. And I was like... <laughs> I'm just gonna make that in like four minutes and we're gonna be like, yo, it's genius. No, listen, he's talking about the repetitive nature of our entertainment and how it's mindless. And I, you know what I'm saying? Like somebody, if you throw in America, people's wheels get turning. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, Americans love America. They sure do. 
the video that uh, that you had sent me, which I I wrote I wrote back because it was uh, this is America explained or whatever. Yeah. And I clicked it, and that's when I saw that it was a Young Turks thing. Like, I really wish they would have had two black people do it instead of fucking annoying ass Jenk. <laughs> I I'm I'm the guy who's gonna fucking outside the experience explain everything in this video, and it's all gonna be. I don't think it's annoying. He's my least favorite guy on the Young Turks when I when I watched it. I don't anymore. But before the election, I did. Afterwards, I couldn't do it anymore. But yeah, like news in general is just kind of hard to deal with. Yeah, um, it was just very, like, surface observations in the video. Like, D respect, I saw his. Oh, yeah, 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 check out He goes his. in a little bit more, uh, a little bit more depth. And, and there's a woman named, uh, Zal Ul Baorimi. Uh, she has a Twitter thread where she gives her interpretation of it, and I thought it was very interesting. I'm amazed the one thing I didn't notice, because it happened so fast, I guess it's because it's in the shock of the violence in the video. There's always somebody running in with, like, a satin sheet to, like, quickly grab the gun, and, like, he just kind of, like, carries it really gently out of frame, and D-Respect points it out that, like, they completely ignore the black people that just got murdered but the gun is, like, handled so carefully as it's taken out of frame. Like, it means so much more than the loss of life. That's just the thing with art is that there's so much interpretation to it that people might be reading more into it than there's even meant to it. Like, like with me, the, like, the things that I was questioning more were the things that kind of made no sense to me. Like, I was wondering why it was in a parking garage, or why at the end, when you see SZA in the chair, she doesn't even really do anything, but there's, like, all these parked running cars everywhere. Like, that part, I'm just like, what does that mean? Like, like what does that have to do with anything else? You make a good point, because if this is supposed to be seen by white people, right, if they're supposed to be seeing this, if that's, if this is intended for them, if you show a black person committing the crime, that excuses the white watcher. You know, because they're like, oh, yeah, that's just black community crime going on in there. That's got nothing to do with me. You know, I don't have to think critically. And especially over the past week when you've heard, um, you know, he who shall not be named. Dude, Voldemort? Shh. Yes, Rev. Voldemort. No. Back at it again. Damn, Voldemort <laughs> back on his bullshit. You son of a bitch, you brought him, you brought him back. You're supposed to not say his name. Or, or <laughs> He's going to be in the comment section again. God uh, damn it. Ah, oh. uh, fuck, I slipped up okay, my bad. I've got, I've got an idea. I've got an idea. And and you guys can shut this down, but I just want to throw it out there. Do you think the reason why some people were... It was easier for them to come down on this video because... I mean, straight up and down, within the first 30 seconds, Childish Gambino makes some goofy-ass faces. I think he did. Don't you think it's on purpose? Like, when he was doing that whole one-eye thing, like, where he was closing and like, I thought that was a, sort of a reference to Uncle Ruckus. Oh, I didn't even think about that. But the thing is, like, <laughs> you, I just wanted to quickly comment on this before I forget. Y'all were saying, like, how much of it is, you know, are we looking into it too much? How much of it is it actually intended? I do think Gambino is a meticulous enough artist. I've yeah. not always loved his music, but uh, he every time he's put something out, sometimes he would put out a script with it and the visuals, the photos, the photography. Everything's important. Yeah, stuff is intentional. He's he's fucking Stanley Kubricking these shit. It's never yeah. like if you watch the three thousand and five video, it looks really boring. But if you pay attention to things in the background, there's shit going on that's supposed to show like time passing and the world burning and shit like that. You know, yeah. so like because I like to watch directors that tell a story through 
the lighting sometimes, right? Where like the first time around you watching it, you just sort of focused on what's happening in the story. And second time you watch it, you start to realize, wow, these light techniques are very intentional. And there's specific colors used for these really fucked up scenes. And then the ones that are on the total opposite side of the spectrum, they use completely different colors. And I doubt that it's uh, coincidental. And then you start to sort of pick up on more techniques that sort of reaffirm your suspicion. Um, so I do think everything he put in there is intentional. Um, I don't think all of them are necessarily linked in a very cohesive manner, but I don't think it's supposed to be. As I said, like if, what if this was his attempt to make a music video that is a caricature of how we are as a society in the modern day, right? So how do you do a music video that's sort of like, that works where, where it portrays, hey, big thing happens, uh, we don't, we kind of almost care for a second, then we don't give a shit. There's other things that distract us. Like these trivial things seem to play a bigger role. They seem to be on screen for longer than the really like important issues. They seem to be unaddressed intentionally in the video, you know? So I, I don't think anything would there would be uh, random. I think maybe specifically the fact it's SZA and not some other person that may just be because, yeah. hey, why not? I, can, I, I got SZA in my music video, right? That's dope. Yeah, I think if people look at anything too critically, eventually it can come down to we're being distracted from actual crime by this music video. Like, you know, it's like... <laughs> the self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, hopefully, I think he's starting a conversation because, you know, we're having a conversation. Yeah. Well, see, yeah, at the end of the day, I feel like this is ultimately good. The fact that the conversation is happening in and of itself is ultimately the real way you know an artist made an impact. Because if we did, if we weren't having the conversation, then that means the artist did not succeed in what they were trying to do. I'm wondering if the rest of the album is going to be like that. Because we got the two performances on Saturday Night Live. One was, I saw people comparing it to like Phil Acuti, and then we got this where it's it's like a very straightforward like it's a it's a rap song but it's got different musical elements in it like is it going to be more varied it, are these even album singles like right. are these Do you just going to be standalones cuz to me the past two albums were very thematic for sure yeah so mm -hmm. i i wonder if like that's his jam cuz he does it well you know both of the last albums whether you like them or not he stuck to the subject matter that he set out to sort of tell or discuss or portray. So I'd be surprised if he just had like a bunch of, you know, non sequiturs followed up the songs like this. There were little things in the song which I did notice and other things I didn't. Like what you were talking about before and what was brought up in the D-Respect video of the like Young Thug or... Um, Kodak, 21. And the other one I heard that I'm not hearing too many people mention is that little, uh, it was a sample that was heard all over uh, Amine's album that, hey, like that was in the background. And I was like, oh shit, I recognize that. But I didn't hear anybody else talking about that, which may just because not a lot of people paid enough attention to that album. I will continue to my dying day to fucking put over Amine. Maybe it sounded generic enough for people. Cause I mean, like, maybe you know, AA is such a, like, uh, you know, <laughs> such a such a hip hop thing that maybe people weren't like, "Hey, whose A is that? <laughs> who's <Yeah>. A?" <laughs> it w it was an odd week because it went from like zero to sixty. How we started out the week talking about how DJ Khaled wouldn't wouldn't go down on his wife, and we ended yeah. the week talking about that this is America music video. We almost got back to well normal anyway. 
Yeah. Like, no was... relative to, you know, like, oh, lighthearted topic. Yeah, let's talk about this. And then, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, never mind. <laughs> but, you know, still at the end of the day, like, you know, I think there's something to be said about, like, just kind of taking it for what it is, too. Like, uh, like, like, obviously it's trying to make a statement. And, you know, obviously it's trying to get a dialogue started, which is great, too. Which, obviously, it's gotten us starting a, starting a dialogue. But even without any of that, it's a great song and a great video. Like, I think yeah, even it's if... Yeah, it's a catchy-ass song. Yeah, like, even if people didn't really, like, pay attention or get anything out of it, it's, it's really fucking good. Like, I've already listened to that song a shit ton. Yeah, and... dude, even, even if, like, the music video was, like, the goofiest dumb shit ever, and the lyrics were just non-existent pretty much i still think people would fuck with it because it's just it's got a nice flow to it yeah it's just is man i don't know it's been stuck in my head all day i've been at work every time i'm like walking over to someone's desk i'm just like saying one line from the song just a random line from the song because there's so many catchy bits yeah yeah, I've i've been saying that a lot i go over to my boss i'm like this is america (laughs) <laughs> but my boss had fuck, fucks with it because he he was the one who hit me up in the morning like yo did you see that new childish gambino oh shit rev i did want to ask you you and bill toured a bit i want to hear about that because all i saw was because we haven't even talked in a while I, I didn't even mention that we haven't had you on the show since like last year and that's a crime yeah it's fucked up last time you were on was the uh was was to tease the inevitable uh, rap battle between you and Bill? Oh, like, well, the rap yeah, th- yeah, that yeah. too. The oh, sex yeah. tape <laughs> slash rap battle, you know, it's got. Oh yeah, it's got you know, something it's like, for everyone. Yeah, like the first one kind of starts happening, and then it kind of sort of awkwardly intercuts into the rap battle. You know how that sort of thing goes. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, we're not reinventing the wheel. Someone thinks they're fucking no. Jean Luc Picard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you get it. I caught... no, wait, no, I'm sorry. Wait, hold on. Uh, oh, Jean-Luc Goddard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I love that I just did that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even pick up on it. I was just like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, Jean-Luc Goddard was really weird with how he like would edit cuts and shit together. But I fucking, I fucking said Jean-Luc Picard, oh God. I don't even watch Star Trek like that. It was a Instagram live like video of like you two in the hotel room, and I, I tried to like not be like, hey, hey guys, <laughs> so I just like <laughs> sat back and watched. We were doing unboxing live on Instagram, and so we had we bought booster packs for Pokemon and uh, Dragon Ball Z, and it was whack because it was just like three cards per booster pack, and the cards were whack. And so, I mean, I always got the better cards than Bill, so that was pretty good. At the end, the last thing that I unboxed happens to be a Jimmy John's uh, pickle. <laughs> and, and I mean, I just, I struck gold with that. We basically uh, got flown out to Wisconsin. This dude, it was his birthday, so he basically paid for all the expenses and everything. It was really tight. Uh, it was nice seeing Bill again. Yeah, so we, we did a whole lot of stuff. I we like I took a whole lot of photos of Bill. I have some videos and stuff that maybe one day I'll edit. Um, we, we we even did a, a podcast, but we never released it because Bill um, Bill is a racist man. Oh, uh, and, and uh, I always knew there was something there. Yeah. I mean, 
everybody sort of who's within our circle knows that there goes Bill, the the big old racist. He hates white people. Chinese people, they poop on trains. We all know that for a fact. He he does. He, you know what? That's funny. He said the exact same thing when I met him. First thing I no, he said. No, wait, that's wow. not what I think. That's what he said. I'm not saying that. <laughs> that's funny that you think alike, guys. Let, wait, wait. <laughs> let me make it abundantly clear. I do not think Chinese people poop, okay? Oh, so, I, so I guess you're I the racist of your circle. I don't about huh? whether or not people can poop, all right? God damn it, man. Just when you think you're in a safe space, you know? Darren, this show is an echo chamber. You know that. We're not allowing any external difference of thought or opinions on the show. I'm being censored. <laughs> you're, you're a free I, thinker. I'm sorry. Someone pay me or else I'm being censored. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was good seeing Bill. Uh, I, I wish we got to spend more time together. We ate a lot of pizza, did a lot of practicing for the set. And uh, that's sort of what we did most of the time. It's just a, a whole bunch of people came through. It was tight. Some some fans came through from other states. Somebody came down from Chicago. It was tight. Oh, shit. Um, Man. Yeah. So it, it was pretty cool. But uh, I hope we get to do some more stuff. I'm actually uh, going to be uh, in America this summer. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to link up with Bill. I'm going to let him know when we're in LA. And I don't want to give too much away, but... We might do something cool. You, we might, we might link up, as they say, with a uh, uh, a couple cool guys. <laughs> Maybe do a little something, and uh, so we'll see. Couple funny YouTube guys. Yeah, no, I got a job interview um, with Channel Awesome. Uh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! The fight's out. Yeah, have you heard of them, guys? The- have you heard of them? They hit me up and they were like, hey, man, why, why don't you join us? Uh, dude, they're one like, time offer. <laughs> yeah, they're like, do you like rap and do you like to critique it? Because we've got an open spot. <laughs> <laughs> we really um, want to reuse this title and this banner. <laughs> we can just put new content <laughs> under it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 really good. I I can't wait. So I mean, I, I, w- I wouldn't pass that up. I wouldn't pass that up. I I, th- I think the uh, I think the IP I mean, is strong right now. Maybe do a little research, but I'm you know, be... I mean, don't don't overwork nah, yourself on trying. No, no, I wouldn't. You know I mean? Why would I do that? Yeah, why would I do that? I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, going with I... an open mind and an open heart. You yeah, I, I've even they've even given me like a channel name suggestion, hip hop analysis. Uh, but I think oh, wow. I, I want to go for wow. something more like rap analysis or like some like critiquing uh, rap. You know what I mean? Uh, like, uh, mm. yeah, but so, like a rap. Cri- I, you no, know, I, look, I don't think that would work because Anthony Fantano. He kind of mm. has a patent on like doing rap reviews, you know. That's no, true. You know, if you want to do that, mm. you got to go through him, and then you and know, then you have to go through dead end hip hop. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then, it, it, it gets messy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, rap is lame. I know, man. It's we so last stop. year. Yo, we got to we got to get back on. Uh, uh, you know what? Do wop. That's coming back. That's, That's happening it. now. Me yep. up. There we go. So if you want any doo-wop reviews, hit us up on Patreon. Yeah, that and um, Celeste, you know. Now you're just pandering to your fan base. It's it's new wop now though instead of doo-wop. Ooh. Featuring Ooh. goo-wop and Fetty wop. <laughs> <laughs>
He's like, hey, what's up? Hello, 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 hello. What if Fetty Wap just came back doing doo up With Gucci. There's a whole avenue of untapped potential here. <laughs> untapped jokes in wordplay. <laughs> hey, man. If you, you keep saying it enough, people take it seriously. They'll fucking go. They'll run with that shit. I mean, what else is Fetty Wap doing right now? Uh, he, didn't he have like a dozen kids? Didn't he have like some like video game or something that came out and people saw it? They were like, all right. Get your money while you can. Uh, <laughs> really? It was like some stupid like phone game, you know, like oh, that, like, he had a mobile game. Per- yeah, yeah. You know, like Kim Kardashian. I'm pretty sure she had like some sort of like a uh, mobile game, you know, where it's like buy outfits and you know some outfits uh, put outfits on like uh, an avatar of Kim Kardashian, and some of those outfits happen to cost forty three thousand dollars or some shit like that. Where it's like people are like, this might be like a money laundering scheme, you know. That's cool. I would definitely play a Fetty Wap tap game where all you do is tap the screen like crazy. Oh, like cookie clicker type of games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like there's not a lot of thought put into it. And it's just you just click. It's like, and then after every 100,000 clicks, he has a new child. Because every time I see him <laughs> in the news, it's like, oh, Fetty Wap welcomes his 14th son. And I'm like, what? I, I forgot you existed. Dude, he needs to come back on like that pirate swag just like Ooh. just just do a whole caricature of himself and i feel like that's the way he needs to come back because i don't think musically he could bring anything interesting in this sort of era keep expanding his portfolio as you said he did video games right he needs to now expand beyond that start a youtube channel my dude. he needs a youtube channel let's plays Let, oh let's plays dude playing the 3ds we're just trying to help you out, man. He should get on Twitch. He should get a, uh, a Twitch stream Yo, going. Yo, wasn't your boy, wasn't your boy Drake on there? That's true. Think about it. Think about it. It did wonders for him. His his career was in the toilet, if you remember. <laughs> That's right. Drake was fucking yeah. hurting. People were saying, Drake who? I mean, well, Drake is literally how people know. But, you know. <laughs> DMX needs a Twitch, Twitch account. <laughs> oh, shit. Yo, DMX had a fucking Twitch account. Oh my That'd god. Be so we need sad. to have a revival of like all of these old school rappers and just give them Twitch accounts and just see what they do. Like have like a D D block stream where they just play Minecraft all together. Of course the funny thing is most of them will probably a lot of them will probably accidentally end up exposing that they're like, you know, secretly sexist and homophobic, but you know Oh, oh they have those heated gaming moments. Well what if you're wrong? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What if they're all sensitive? What if you get like Rough Riders Minecraft stream? And uh, they're all just like Jadakus starts all about opening positivity up. Positivity and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I could totally see it. Like he start like Jadakus would be the troll. He'd start griefing everybody and go <laughs> and, uh, as he burns everything. Mike Jones needs to play Undertale. Oh man, Mike Jones. Oh, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Have y'all seen that interview Who? where Jadakus? <laughs> Who? <laughs> Have y'all seen that one interview where Jadakus laughs for a prolonged time? I, <laughs> no it's insane because you know how like i thought it was a fake laugh right for like songs but he legitimately mm. laughs like that wait i think i heard that yeah <laughs> yeah when he goes <laughs> and i'm like dude somebody <laughs> like call 911 he's like <laughs> this is the longest aha in history <laughs> <laughs> i fuck with you kids though we need to um because I feel this was short, though. I feel we need to um, to have you on again, like, soonish. 
Hey, but th- that's only you. if you want to, though. I mean, we're not going to force you. I'm, well, all I need is, is an arena within which mm. I can destroy Bill one on one, you know, man on man. You know what I mean? Hot. Grown man on grown mm. man. Yeah. You know, spitting. Tons of spit, yeah. You know, just spit, lots of spitting, spitting on your going hands on. And then lubing it up. You know, you know like raw. Yeah. You know what I mean? Raw. Oh, yeah. No. Uncut, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uncut. A raw, uncut, exactly, spit slathered exactly. rap battle. With, with the. Oh, rap battle. Yeah, rap battle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No so, love. <laughs> that, yeah, 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 those bars, too. You can't. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. That's exact. You, you, I love I mean, you for that, you know? You if, came if, in. If like, you want. I mean. No, we could do other things. Maybe we can yeah. kiss and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that, you know, but that that's that's secondary to the rap battle. You know what I mean? That's, what, Absol- that's yeah. What, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, the cuddling comes later. I, I, like, rap, then kiss, maybe. You know, we're 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 mm-hmm. we're all grown men. You know. I, I mean, like, you know, like my my my, my wife's leaving me. In. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I, I just need company, you know. What I mean? <laughs> I'd like to plug my upcoming sex tape with Bill, but I'd also mm-hmm. like to plug uh, a song I dropped like a week and a half ago, "Little Empathy." Oh yeah, it's mm-hmm. about it's 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 whatever you want it to be about. But mm. if you really read into the lyrics, it's about Bill. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's again, it's all of my music is about Bill. Uh, which one? Sky Skylar Gray. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I just fucking knew going in. Okay. Well, folks, this week on the Going Off podcast, we are back at it again. We are back on our bullshit with the two Patreon requested album reviews. This time. We're going to start things off with Skylar Gray's Natural Causes, requested by Andreas Casa. I assume that is how it's pronounced. Thank you very much for requesting Natural Causes by Skylar Gray. Uh, Skylar Gray is an artist I've uh, I've more or less heard the name of. I've seen her pop up every so often on some Eminem projects. She was on Words I Never Said. She did the uh, uh, the Doctor. I need a song. doctor. I need a doctor. Yeah. She was on. She did that one track with Eminem that was on one of her albums. Something about riding a bicycle. She gets around. You know, uh, she's normally in the background. Her claim to fame is the cold you know like a baby doll type of voice and you hear like you know some sort of toy box playing in the background you know what i'm saying like i think that's melanie martinez but it's close yeah but yeah. it's like it's that sort of like really cold and there's like the piano that's re- really soft you know like it's like halfway between evanescence and like uh uh, uh what's her name Janae Aiko, you know what i'm saying yeah i can see that so with this album Normally, when we go with albums first, it's when we don't have as much to say as yeah. much as we do about the second one. If you've been paying attention, that, that seems to be <laughs> how it goes. Um, what were your thoughts overall? Because I didn't particularly care for it. No, I was bored. <laughs> I barely made it through. The only time it was interesting was Kill For You, in which they do the you know the millionth time of the... Ooh, he's bad for me. No, seriously, he's actually a murderer. Like, 
you know, like they, they always take it to that fucking extreme with Eminem songs. It's like, you could make me a believer, even if that shit ain't true. You could make me commit murder, baby, I'd kill for you. But it's like, people always say, oh yeah, it's hyperbolic. But like, you know, with this type of song, when Eminem's on it, it's always like, no, he like, she'll help him hide the bodies. Like she actually means it. I guess that's cool for someone who hasn't heard like this done, you know, better when i was listening to it on spotify it came up with like the genius annotations inspired by uh bonnie and clyde and i'm just like oh fucking how many times do we have to go down the bonnie and clyde road he himself had the fucking song called 97 bonnie and clyde like it's old hat even for him and especially when you listen to the rest of the album it's like i don't buy you as the kind of person to do that yeah, yeah. Up like, until this point, not... you haven't put across that image of being that person. Up until this point, and honestly, for most of the album, and this is a fucking spoiler, it's interesting, energetic beats, and then a boring vocal delivery on top of it, and it that never Lana gets Del better. Lana Del Rey shit, you know. You see, I would give Lana Del Rey more shit. Oh, no, no, no. This is... Wait, you would give her more shit? No, well, more credit. This is definitely yeah, sub yeah. No, Lana Del Rey. Is, like I said, like I said, you know, this is below that. This is like the, the, the third tier version of that, you know? The poor man's Lana Del Rey, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm looking on the Wikipedia article, and I'm seeing four stars, five stars. I, I don't know what the fuck they were listening to. Someone calls it a masterpiece. Like, this was boring as fuck. I honestly almost gave up on it. For old school listeners of the podcast, remember how I would sometimes not even listen to the full album because I was an <laughs> asshole like that? I, um... I almost went back. The old the old muse of 2014 almost uh, reared his ugly head. Because, my goodness, like... Dude, I understand... I understand. <laughs> I skipped the intro because when a track is called intro and it's a minute and a half and it's droning, I'm like, all right, what the fucking, what's the real album going to be? And then Jump comes in and it's, again, cool beat. I'm like, all right. And then it's just like this whisper kind of singing and it's like, all right, that doesn't match up at all. And then I'm like, all right, I'm not really feeling this. I think I maybe listened to most of the songs before I skip to the next one. Uh, but then I got yeah. to Lemonade, and even that was just like, all right, so this is just going to be the whole fucking thing, isn't it? Like, there were maybe three songs on the album that I actually dug, but I don't remember what they were. <laughs> so I couldn't tell you <laughs> what they were. All I remember about Lemonade, and that was the one that stuck out to me the most because my brain goes like, oh. Uh, Lemonade, huh? <laughs> you know? You're really gonna have a song called Lemonade on an album that comes out in 2016? That is ballsy. <laughs> and, like, it in no way matches up to anything that Beyonce was like. Like, it's oh, all God. sloppy. Like, it's slightly offbeat at certain points. Like, no, not at certain points. Like, a lot of points. Like, there's a, a the flow that people do now, which is the slightly offbeat sort of thing. And that works in parts. But, like, this just sounds like... They need a conductor or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Was not feeling this album in any capacity. I don't even know if I'd give it a two out of five like that. I would probably give it a two. But even I, then... For it's, competent production, you know. It's the competent not... production, she obviously has a talent singing-wise, but it just doesn't 
fit this album. Like, this isn't the place for it, you know? There needs to be variation if, if this is the, the, the overblown style with the understated vocalist, you know? Like, that gets played out. Spent, yeah, when it's every track, like, I could really do without that. Um, maybe some more features. Um, Eminem as the only feature um, was a bit disappointing. And and that track going on for almost five minutes with that fucking chorus that just repeated over and over again. And even when it was like, all right, fine, I made it through all of that to get to Eminem's part. And even it's not all that great. It was okay. It wasn't the best I've heard from him, obviously, because why should he? It's a Skylar Grey album. Why would he waste his A material on this? But yeah, man, like I hate to do it because I notice whenever we do do the albums first and we don't have as much to say, we only tend to go about like 10 minutes or whatever. And I'm like, man, you're really paying a good chunk of change for these reviews. And I feel bad for us not giving you a lot in return. But with albums like this, what the fuck? Yeah, what, what, what am I to say? What am I to say? And again, like, I'm sure if you requested this, you feel very favorably, you rate this album very highly, and you clearly wanted to hear what we had thought about it, or else you wouldn't have requested it, but this was not my bag at all. And I'm looking at this, like, I just have the Wikipedia pulled up. Someone says, um, from the misty intro wilderness, which turns into, which turns the dial to an auto-tuned Bon Iver frequency to the warm acoustic strum of KT Tunstall meets Radiohead moving mountains? Again, I'm sorry, what the fuck were you listening to? Like, I just, I, I wasn't digging this at all. I know four minutes doesn't sound like a long time for a song, but when you're miserable and you're not liking it at all, Four minutes can feel like fucking ten. Going on to our next uh, review, we've got 1992 uh, requested uh, by, on uh, Darren's page by The Game. <laughs> requested by Bobby Rasmussen. Uh, Rasmussen? If you have an album that you want to request us to talk about, by the way, check out either of our Patreons, uh, patreon.com slash rapcritic or uh, patreon.com slash muse. The Game is a fella... We've talked about, I want to say only once before, with the uh, Streets of Compton. And I uh, remember we kind of went in on that album. We weren't the biggest fans. And uh, people weren't happy. People were saying, well, what the fuck do you expect? This isn't, you know, this isn't canon. This is kind of part of his side catalog. You know, this isn't, this is like a mixtape almost, sorta. You gotta listen to his real shit. So this time we're taking a look at his... Uh, 2016, 2017, it is part of his, uh, discography, it's his eighth studio album, 1992, with the fucking Snoop Dogg, like, inspired Death Row album cover, I was, I was here for it, I was interested, uh, to see where this was gonna go, and once again, because I'm curious, I'm gonna have to pitch it over to you, because I wanna hear, uh, I want to hear your thoughts first and foremost. So I'm listening to this album and I'm thinking, man, the game, you know, a decade and a half past his prime. Man, is there anything that's going to be good on this that's going to be worth listening to? Tracks one through seven, straight fucking fire. 
And I was like, what the fuck? Dude. True Colors? Jesus Christ. Wait, what was the Young Niggas song where it's like talking about how like, you know, we, we grew up just trying to survive. You know, my mom took in uh, one of my friends and, you know, uh, he ended up being a, a, a crip. I ended up being a blood. So because of that, we just hate each other now. Like, that's just what happens. And it just shows how arbitrary bullshit tears people apart. And then, of course, they're talking about fuck OJ. Oh, fuck Orange Juice. That's a great one. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, l- look, man, the first seven tracks are like, I was with it, bro. Like, this man did... This is what gangster rap is supposed to be. And then we get to I Grew Up on Wu-Tang. And it's like, God damn it, game, do you have to do this? Do you have to do the... Oh, but wait, remember, I know people's names. So allow me to just say people's names for the next eight tracks. It's just like, God fucking... Like, dude... Where they just start playing Raekwon the Chef's verse. I'm like, no, nothing underneath it. No beat. It's just, it's just playing Raekwon's verse. I was like, stop, stop it. I'm <laughs> not here to hear Raekwon the Chef. I'm here to hear you. With an album called 1992, you're looking at the album cover. The first track. Whew. Savage Lifestyle. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. This is what... I hoped the album overall would be. Uh-huh. Because the song starts out, you already know, it's 92. We're talking about West Coast. We're talking about hip-hop. Obviously, we're talking about fucking Rodney King. We're talking about all that shit. Yeah. And the first track goes into all that and the atmosphere. Yeah. The first thing he says is, it's a trap. It's a trap. Why they ain't tell us red and blue don't matter when you're black? <laughs> It tells you immediately what the fuck this album is, what it's about, and for the next, and for this and True Colors, yeah, it's because when we were listening to the Streets of Compton, it dealt with the with the uh, gang warfare stuff, but I don't remember it dealing with it as well as it did on this album. Like this album felt like a lot more personal, actually made you listen and made you care about what he was talking about and i was hoping that this album would kind of be a like a love letter to and in a way it was because you're talking about like i grew up on wu-tang or whatever and true colors obviously samples colors by yeah like it's it does the samples from the time talking about all this different stuff so it kind of gets you in the mindset of of 1992 but I wish the album would have dealt more with that stuff, like what was happening yeah. at the time and dealing with, like, if you lived through that shit, I want to hear more about that, especially if you're so willing to, you know, put it all out there. True Color, Savage Lifestyle, great. Bumped in, great. Fuck Orange Juice. That was interesting. I was I was surprised by that one. The Juice is great. Uh, Young N-Words, that one's good. The soundtrack, then I grew up on hip-hop. I grew up on Wu-Tang. However, however, do you want it? Which that was taking the samples a little too gratuitously. Like it was like literally like a minute in before 
any music comes in and you're just hearing like the the, the vocals however do you want me how how it was like dude if I wanted to listen to that song I would just go listen to that song I don't need to hear the fucking vocal uh, acapella version of one fourth of the song what are you doing it had to have been expensive because I don't know like how the difference between sampling and when, for example, like between uh, Bompton and uh, Fuck Orange Juice, it's straight up playing the back, like the underlining beat of the message, like unedited, uninterrupted, like just as is. That feels like something you do on a mixtape, not a studio album. It's like, how do you think your legacy is going to look when it's just like, I'm just ripping off stuff from the decade, two decades before? It's like your stuff's going to get lost. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, it just looks derivative. And that's not 92, you know? Like, if you were. Yeah. If this album made it a point to sample right, right. more old school hip hop, like if there was some fucking Public Enemy thrown in there, some fucking uh, NWA, shit from the time, more Ice T, more Ice Cube, more of that shit, it wasn't so much like that. It was kind of mixed, it was a little all over the place. You got, like, like on one hand, you got colors, you got, you got the DOC, Wu Tang, but then you've got. Marvin Gaye, Grandmaster Flash. Like, I'm not saying it doesn't always work, but it's a bit off message. And then, of course, we have, you know, uh, going back to his his name drop flow. Mm. You know, so he's like, I'm I'm my own Suge. I report to nobody. And I'm the young Jay, and I ain't need a jazz-o. And mm. ask Kanye who's the real asshole. Uh. And then, oh, I love this line. I love this line. Head game's crazy. Mommy's suicidal. Rub it on my dick while she downloads title. Mm. Yeah, okay, game. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, what was that? Was that an obligation? <laughs> was that contractual <laughs> obligation? You had to bring that up. Can we talk about the the elephant in the room? Was that even worth like mentioning? Yes, yes, it was because. You made it a point to get Jason Derulo on the album. Uncredited, by the way, according to the Wikipedia. I think this is the first time I've ever heard Jason Derulo without overpowering layers and layers of autotune. Without it, he just sounds like anybody else. I wouldn't have known that it was Jason Derulo if it didn't say. Like, why would you have Jason Derulo on your album not have that signature sound? That would like that'd be like having T-Pain on your album and not having the autotune. It would be cheaper to just have some random fuck on the label who, you know, no one's ever heard of. But you went ahead and specifically got Jason Derulo. And then later on the bonus track, you got Jeremiah. It's like, why? Why are you even bothering? Wasn't on one of those songs he like says like, Hey, you know, this This song's about Karuchi. And it's just like, dude, don't do that. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, he's not married to her or anything, right? Isn't he married to that Tiffany Haydish woman? Or, or maybe he's not, I, I don't know. Well, maybe maybe they're together and that's great, but, like, I, I just feel awkward about anyone going, like, this song's dedicated to you. And now, like, everyone's eyes sort of turns, like, oh, that's interesting. Why did he dedicate a song to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I thought it was funny at one point. God, I forget what he referenced. I forgot who he referenced, but he referenced either, like, a TV show or, like, it, it was definitely something that, like, in a couple of years might need explaining. When he references the State Farm Bitch. 
even now that might need explaining because that commercial hasn't been on in years where like you would just mention it and she would pop up in the room. Are you sure he's not talking about like progressive? No, there was there was commercials where you'd be like uh like a good neighbor, a State Farm is there, and then the woman would just pop up and she'd be like, "What do you need?" Oh yeah, wait, hold on. Yeah, it says uh, N word say my name. I pop up like the State Farm bitch. No N words can see me on or off TV. And it's like, yeah, I can see how that was like a kind of big thing at the time, I guess. But now it feels like a dated reference only a couple years later. It's like the kids hanging around the room and they break something and they say like a good neighbor State Farm is there and the woman pops up and there's just like at the end of it's like, can I get a hot tub? I don't remember that commercial. See, but the game thought. I'm going to reference that commercial because <laughs> that's a timeless reference that everyone's going to get. Yeah, I give this about a, I hate saying this, but maybe like a three and a half out of five. I'm thinking the same. I was going to go more with a three only because like, man, that second half is beyond weak. Like it's almost, it's it's the inverse of the J. Cole album for me, where like the J. Cole album started really weak. And then it ended, like, it got better in the second half. This one was, like, it, it started off really good. I was just like, damn, like, I finally get what people were talking about in the comments of that last album. Like, maybe we didn't get the big picture. Maybe we were just, you know, talking out our ass. We didn't know game, you know? We were fucking talking shit. We didn't know what he was all about. And for the first half, he was proving it. And then it's just like, oh. I mean, we didn't even talk enough about Baby You, but holy fuck, is that song weak. Like... Even as far as, like, rap love songs or love lost or whatever the fuck, like, that song is really lackluster and, like, extremely skip-overable. Maybe more features again, I'm gonna say that. Um, dude, if you're gonna have an album from 92, right, why don't you have fucking features from- Some of the old school cats. But if you're sitting around and there's an album that you would love to hear us talk about, either it's an album you love and cherish, or it's an album that you will feel like torturing us with, people have done it before, hit us up on our Patreon, patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse. Check the pages out for details. Find out how you can request an album. It is easy as pie. One-time donations, and you are added to the list, added to the queue. We get to them first come, first serve. We've been blown through them pretty fast, so it probably won't even be that long until we get to it. At least it'll be sooner than it used to be. And uh, since we're winding down on the show, might as well also thank you if this is your first time checking us out. All of our old episodes are on iTunes and SoundCloud. A simple search of Goin Off Podcast. That's G-O-I-N apostrophe off podcast. Big thanks to our pal Rev. You can find Rev on... He's just about everywhere now. You can find him on SoundCloud. You can find him on Bandcamp. He even mentioned iTunes. He's got the Discord server going on now. So follow him on Twitter. See the details and how you can follow him on there. Him and Bill are great guys. They've been friends of the show for a while. And they always put out quality stuff. And, uh... Don't think I forgot anything. So, uh... Until next time, for the Going Off Podcast. Thanks again. I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic, and for a little bit of old school flavor, sayonara! sayonara.